Book Retorts is a podcast about what happens when you try to explain your weird media finds to your friends. We've got dragons. Davio's dragon, which name is Deborah. Deborah the dragon. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> it's so good. And questionable science. They want to like drive the moon out of the solar system and like fly it off like a big spaceship. And it bonkers. <laughs> Destroy the Earth. Nancy Drew investigates. There's a new boy in town. But is he human or vampire? And ask the tough questions. And how is it that you explain the coffin in your parlor? Which is a legitimate question. <laughs> I got it. And it doesn't make sense in the books either. <laughs> There's also romance. They ruin their nice date. I, well, that was the whole point of karate chopping the person earlier and coming into the <laughs> right. restaurant, Sam. So join us every Wednesday as we take on the weirdest books, movies, graphic novels, and whatever else we find over at bookretorts.com. Or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, rewatchers? It's Dustin here to let you know that this show may feature strong or inappropriate language. So please be mindful of who around you can hear it. Also, we assume that you've at least watched the show or the episode we will be discussing. If not, just be warned that there are spoilers ahead. But really, it's your fault because these shows have been out for a while. <laughs> Enjoy. Okay, let's, uh, let me make a little note here and we can begin. What's the note? Must murder them What later. time I'm starting? <laughs> Hate Sam. <laughs> Sam hates Dippin' Dot. Must eliminate. <laughs> Sending all my power. dog after him. <laughs> all power to the Dippin' Dots. I push the button and Sam, Sam just drops out of frame. <laughs> and he's done. Bye. <laughs> I break your neck. Why can't you hear me? Welcome back to the Rewatch Recap. I am Dustin, and here with me today from Book Retorts Podcast, Sam and Danielle. Woo! Yay! Woo! Returning guests. Yay! Woo-hoo! I'm doing the Kermit it. arms. Yeah. yeah it's, that's what you got to do. You got to kind of yeah. wag them around. Like, <laughs> you know. All right, yay! You know, that kind of thing. Oh, that's pretty good. Well done. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. Hi, my name is Dustin. Mm. <laughs> that's the closest <laughs> Oh. That's disturbingly good. I don't like it. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, I can't, you know, I can't do it. I can't do it too long. Kermit the Frog here, and we're talking today about Snick. Yes. No. Let's not do that. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, Dustin's audition reel. <laughs> <laughs> I I will do it. I will do it for you. Yeah, so we're talking Snick today, and what I've done this month is all the very first episodes that premiered on the first night of Snick, which is why we are talking Roundhouse, which is one of the short-lived Snick shows, but still, it made an impact, at least on me, and I guess on Sam as well, because he was all sure. excited about this. <laughs> According to Danielle, he got really excited about it. Oh, yeah, um, I wanted that freaking recliner, man. I was like, I need one of those. <laughs> oh, man, everybody wants that recliner, right? right? Oh, yeah. awesome. But uh, yeah, so Sam Danielle, they're from Book Retorts. You need to check them out and you need to go and listen to the episode that we did together, which was for 
You know it? You know Something them? about calling people. Oh, yeah, yeah. What? No, no. It was. I saw what you did. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know I can't do people. this. <laughs> it stresses me out. I remembered everything about that movie except for the freaking name. And like everything from the first, you know, teenage girls beating in the locker room and getting invited over <laughs> to the car crash with multiple explosions and nobody following up on that. I know. And the somehow, banana man. The banana man. The banana oh, yeah. man. Yeah, banana man. Yeah, of course. Man. Was it bananas? Oh, mango man. Mango man. Mango man. Some fruit. It was some tree fruit. Who served no purpose in that entire movie. He did nothing. Uh, he excuse them. He me. saved them. He was delightful. <laughs> Well, this go around, we're talking the old school sketch show from the 90s, which I had a lot of sketch shows back in the 90s. And, you know, like we just said earlier, um, during our, I guess, pre-show chat, which you can hear on Patreon, um, we mentioned that it's kind of a predecessor to all that. So the cool thing about this is that it kind of it kind of gave me the inspiration like, oh, wow. You know, I didn't see variety shows aimed at kids where they had original songs, original dances, you know, and then cool, like fast paced skits. They're really fast paced on the show. Renetic. Yeah. Very, very much. So you said, Sam, that you sure. watched this mainly, I guess, in reruns since you were so young at the time. And I, again, I, it's all blur at that age. So I can't tell you for sure. Yeah. Well, I was... 12 or 13 when the show came out it came out like what 92 i was if i was 92 i was 11 so <laughs> yeah yeah so around there so you know what were you like three <laughs> something like that You're pretty close to that yeah oh, <laughs> oh yeah just... yeah you were old and wisened by then <laughs> Tiny, so <t> -a baby <laughs> I'm yeah. Oh, no. double my age at the, like two. Great. Double well, your age. You were a square of my age. If you want to get technical? Oh, that's okay. It's gonna be all right. Let's go ahead and get into this recap. Sure. <laughs> so we have this opening credit sequence, and you got the roundhouse theme, and they're like round and round and round, and you get the girl. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know why we had to do the runs, but it's okay. Uh, that was what she was doing. I mean, yeah, but you got to do it singer. if you're going to be a gospel singer. Got to do some no, she runs. Was, she was. She was literally. You don't hire a gospel <laughs> singer not to gospel, gospel singer. <laughs> okay, but tone it in. That was her career prior to Roundhouse. <laughs> we get it. I still remember the theme song for the most part. Uh, yeah. In my head, like I'm like, whenever my life gets me so down, you know, I get into it. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> down at the Roundhouse. Danielle and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, theme songs used to be amazing. Yes. Like, there used to be some, like, kick-ass theme songs in the 80s and 90s for all just a whole bunch of stuff. They don't really do theme songs that are just some guy doing a weird pop or rock song that just tells you what the, what the show's about. So mm -hmm. Or I gives you the that. feel of the show or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, here, let me explain to you the premise of the show in, you know, 90 seconds in a song. <laughs> if anything, we'll get like a, a streaming service. We'll have an opening credit sequence, but it's just all music. There's no yeah, like, right. lyrics yeah. or anything. And it could be a mood setter, but it's still kind of like, I really want. I think the last really big show that I watched that had a theme song was The Big Bang Theory, which was perfect for it, you know? Um, sure. And I see that. That's the, that's the last one I can remember that really had. I mean, I'm sure those other ones are come out, but that's the one I paid attention to. Also, <laughs> that, uh, I mean, I put this on, I'm like, instantly, like, oh, 
90s. This is such a 90s thing. And yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the outfits, the clothes. And my favorite guy, the blonde dude with the bowl cut. All right. Oh, my God. Oh, so nice. Even yeah. as a kid, that hair bothered yeah. the crap out of me. I was like, oh, my God, why? I why? It. why? <laughs> I was it like, was, yes, they're back. Like the bowl. And it, it's like, and that's his, and I believe he's a natural blonde. Like he's blonde, you know? Yeah, and, absolutely. And um, all the flannel and all the denim and the, yes, oh, my gosh. And the, the blossom yeah. hats, you know, with the big, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta I, love I, it. I had one of those. Of course oh, you did. I think every girl in the 90s had one of, had a blossom hat at some point. <laughs> Loved that. You had to, you know, get another one, Danielle. Bring it back. I would. Oh, I look great. Should, in this, actually. And then I do the dance in the mirror, like the beginning of Blossom. And my you get one of those big, like, wide-brimmed uh, sun hats, like a like a Southern Belle. You could pull it off, like a like a race track hat. But you got to have like the flip. But if it's gonna be like a Blossom hat, it's gotta have like the flip lid at the front, you know. So yeah, the beginning sequence is all like in black and white or kind of sepia black and white. It's a weird tone. And uh, they're obviously on the Universal Studios back lot because <laughs> that's where they filmed all the Nickelodeon shows after a while. They started, you remember they built the Nickelodeon Studios at Universal Studios, Florida. They filmed Clarissa Explains It All there and a few other shows and uh, Family Double Dare was done there and you know, What Would You Do, that kind of stuff. Um, and I think they did uh, Roundhouse down there as well, which is why they're all running through. And it's like, hey, I know that place. I took a tour of it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was funny because I'm watching this and I'm like, wow, these are all really attractive people. Like, yeah. as a kid, I didn't pay attention to that. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, they're just fun. I was like, hey, the guy who plays the dad is kind of hot to 40-year-old me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're all like, what, early 20s? Something like that? Yeah. yeah. So, you know. That's- they did a good job with the casting. They had a bunch of, and, the, and it's always fun to me when you get a group like a like a cast show, and they do like, oh, the dad is the same age as the kids, the same age as the mom, and all the people are the same age, and they just like they tell you that they're older or younger. You still like go mm-hmm. with it, and you go with it because you know what though, if you look at it though, the dad character he has that kind of face that looks like he could be older. Kind of like you a know? Eugene Levy face, almost a little bit. It's the eyebrows for sure. Yeah. He's got the you know and the glasses and. But he just has, and you know, he's got really, you can tell he's got dark stubble. And so it just kind of fits, you know, and, and you're like, oh, he could be an older guy, even though he's probably like, he might be younger than them. You never know. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, <laughs> um, I remember I used to love the the redheaded girl. And uh, back when I was convincing myself that I had crushes on girls, um, I was like, oh, I like her a lot. I must have a crush on her. That's what I, you know, but uh, it wasn't the truth. But <laughs> um <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah. And uh, I did have a crush on one of the guys during the show. I remember watching it and I'll get to that in a little bit, but you have your whole opening and everybody, you know, and they, and it cuts to, they go into the studio and then it goes to color and we're zooming in and the audience is there and they're still singing the song. And I love how they all gather at the end and they all kind of like pose, you know what I mean? Like they're taking a group photo. (laughs) Oh yeah. The freeze frame of a movie. You know, I was expecting like somebody to be back to back with somebody with their arms crossed, like yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, they gotta do like the high five jump kind of thing. Yeah, something like that. You know, um, it was fun. I always liked it, and uh, I, I always look back on it fondly. And I kind of wish that I had been old enough at that time to be part of the cast because it looks like it would have been fun to play. You know, to play around on that show. Oh, oh, I don't think we would have made the, the cast list. I'm sorry, I can't dance like that. <laughs> no. I, I can't either, actually. But you know what? Not every character danced. <laughs> ouch, Daniel. Dance. Ouch. <laughs> what? Not like that. True, but ouch. Way to come at me. Knives oh. out. <laughs> you have many other skills. It's not your fault that singing is It's not my fault that TV doesn't value 
I don't know, napping on screen as a, as a skill. <laughs> Great. Effortless wit. That's what I have, Danielle. <laughs> mm, it's very effortful. I think we've determined that. <laughs> Shh, you're trying to sell yourself. Shh. Okay. I know. It's okay. So we start off and I, I, I haven't even made the note about blonde dude's hair always bothered me. That's so funny. Um, so this episode is about family. And it, I think that's funny how that became the very first episode of the show. I, I figured the one I always remembered I thought was the first episode was New Kid in Town. And it was mm. about being the new kid and all the stuff that could happen to you in school and stuff. And I always thought that was the first episode. And and now I'm like, oh, it's the family episode. I think New Kid in Town was like the second episode. <laughs> so, yeah, it's one of the first ones. Yeah. I think they need to like introduce all the characters and their relationships. Because, again, without them telling you explicitly, it may not be clear how everyone was related to each other. Right. Cause they move. Well, they, the only ones who stay the same are always the mom and the dad and everybody right. else. Like either sometimes this kid's the, 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 the child of the family. And sometimes this kid is, you know, right. it's always different. So I love it. And they're watching it. And they're like, does your boyfriend tick you off? And he's like, Oh, we got tickets in the nosebleed section. And he said, you can get rid of him. And then she punches him and he says, you know, you don't like your neighbors. You can move. He's like, but your family is something you can't get rid of. And he goes, well, without legal troubles. <laughs> I'm like, you're introducing this to children, this idea of getting rid of your with legal troubles. There are a lot of things in this episode that seemed less aimed at children. Like, you know, there weren't a lot of children who would appreciate a Don Knotts impression. Or... Oh, yes, I know. That comes up later. And I was like, I know this character. I know this character. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember his name, but thank All you. All those, you know, 12-year-olds are like, oh, yeah, Don Knotts is my favorite actor. <laughs> But you know what? I knew that character because I used to grow up watching Nick at Night. And so, you know, and that kind of oh, yeah. stuff. So oh, it's a, totally a character I knew, you know. Um, but the same guy plays Don Pardon. <laughs> he says, <laughs> let's meet dad. And he calls him an out of this work, out of work. And I think he said recycled mattress salesman. I couldn't I really understand what he said. They called dad the recycled, out of work, recycled mattress salesman. Well, during the career day sketch, they're all like, he does something with, like, inventions. He's a tinkerer. I guess. I don't really know. They change things up so much. I mean, his career is irrelevant. It's really irrelevant. (laughs) But his IQ is in the double digits, apparently. Um, (laughs) And he tells great pull-my-finger jokes. I mean. So does my dad. uh, (laughs) Pull-my-finger. I mean. Get close to home, eh, Danielle? I'm yeah. so happy I didn't I grow mean, up in like that. Within the last month, probably. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a real it's a real mystery why your dad and I didn't get along when I was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! How did you guys yeah. like know each other? By the way, if you're so much further in age than was it like a club high or school? something? Yeah, just, no. just high school. We had oh, friends in general. common. Okay, yeah. okay. Just wondering. It we like ran a- this very small school. Okay. Well, wasn't that? It was not small. It was relatively small. Just small, a small social town. click, like, maybe. There were like several hundred people per class. All right, then I'm sorry. I didn't realize that you were a a metropolitan person, used to thousands of people per. <laughs> no, but my school before that had forty people per class, so okay. it, it was huge to her. Yes, sure. All right. a lot. Okay. Uh, I didn't realize you came from a backwater. No offense. <laughs> I didn't. I came from a magnet school. There's a difference. Oh, you're hoity-toity then. Mm. <laughs> I'm fancy. fancy. <laughs> and how'd that turn out? Pretty good. Yeah. 
<laughs> so we get introduced to dad, like I said, and now we got introduced to mom, who's, of course, full of all the tropes of, if your friends all jumped off a bridge, where would you jump off the bridge too? And, and you know, who knows where that's been? That kind of stuff. What was she <laughs> talking about when she said, who knows where that's been? Because the context really changes the meaning of that phrase. It does. I don't. I don't know why, but it's like it's a thing you could say. It's just one of those mom tropey things to say. You got your older brother who isn't nice. He acts like he's nice, but he could suffocate you in your sleep. That seems fair. I was an older sibling. That's exactly what it's like. You were tyrannical. I know. <laughs> your redheaded sister is. You can say she is has more depth and intelligence than a cheese than cheese toast. You could say that, but that would be an insult to the cheese toast. And she's like, I don't get it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> of course. That's the family. And it says, I hope you like them. If not, too bad. Truth. Now, just to step in for a second here. I know the show is making a bunch of jokes, but you can totally, I don't want to say, you can cut off your family. It's okay to like cut people out of your life if they're truly toxic. Yeah, it's kind of hard to do that when you're a teenager, though. <laughs> I, you know, don't disagree, but I'm just saying everyone out there. It, it's possible. You could, though. Yeah, it's possible. Aspirational, even, for some. <laughs> we jump into some quick song. It's family. We're a family. And you're I stuck with me. I love the song breaks. Like it love or them. not. Yeah, yeah, the song breaks and the dance breaks are real good. So good. <laughs> they actually, actually are decent songs. They're real catchy songs. I mean, the quality a- notwithstanding. It's just nice to be like, hey, let's have a song now for no reason. Some really, like. Fun 90s dancing. It's great. No, it's great. It's perfect. Let's, let's transition like somehow. Af- let's add songs. Like the one after the AI robot family thing. Yeah. Like there's a whole the song and dance break and it was real good. Yeah. Oh, it went on for a while too. But uh, so you get a mom rap, you get a dad rap, you get a brother rap. I have things to say about these raps. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say they all rap except for the sister who just sings Leave Me Alone over and over again. Leave me alone. <laughs> I don't know what that says about how they view the sister's role in this family, but like she deserves a rap too is all I'm saying. Well, they just called her dumber than cheese toast. So (laughs) maybe she should rap about how she's misunderstood and the expectation of society weigh on young women more than they should. Yeah. I I, I guess. Yeah. Deep into this. That's fine. (laughs) Nick at night. Or I'm sorry. Snick. Do better. (laughs) No. Learn. Grow. So then we have grandma who just drives by and like crashes into people, of course, you know, like a grandma would do, apparently. I don't know if your grandmother did that, but, you know. She absolutely did not. I don't oh. think we let ours drive. <laughs> Mine stopped driving before Side note, by the way. So have you ever noticed that a lot of old people, obviously, they, they drive bigger sedans oftentimes, right? Have you ever noticed they often drive white cars? You ever noticed that? No. And, you never notice that. Pay attention. You'll notice that a lot more like older people always drive white cars. And I'm like, why is that? And I've noticed it. And I started pointing it out to people and I noticed it more and more. And finally, I went to my grandmother when she was around and I said, Grandma, let me ask you, why did you get that car? Well, that's the car I wanted. And I was like, that color? Is that the reason why? And she was like, oh, that. No, that was just the first one they showed me. And I'm like, ah, there it is. Because they needed to get rid of the white cars. Nobody wanted them. So they show them to them. Oh, take this. I'm like, oh, okay. This is the car I want. They also don't show dirt as well. I mean, they show dirt, but they don't show like the runs of the like rainwaters and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Black cars do more. Yeah. And sometimes it's like either white or black. It's like depending on. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought that was weird. I don't know. So yeah, grandma drives by and she's going to kill everybody. And 
Yeah, she's doing a drive-by. The end. With a Tommy gun out the window. Then we go to a skit for Dadnet. And it has like a Tuesday, June 10th, a work day. This is my beat. My house. I carry a mortgage. I don't know why that made me laugh. I was like, um, it just felt funny. It was. Such I loved stupid. that show as a kid. Dragnet? Just yeah. Dragnet. Of course I did. I love the movie with Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks. You ever oh, see that? Good one too. Yes. You never saw that, Sam? I'm not, I've never I've never seen anything Dragnet related. It's a comedy version oh, of Dragnet. <laughs> Is it a shame that I haven't seen anything dra- like It was a procedural with detectives, so I was all all about Yeah, I want to say I like, like there are a million of those, you know, and then I think it was like, also based off real true crime stories and it took place yeah, in the Los see? Angeles Police Department and yeah. Exactly, it was a precursor to the Yeah, but is it like better than now? say things like Castle or you had Friday, Joe Friday. Sure. Yes. Yeah, he was awesome. That's a name. It's probably not better, but that, that, I like it. That's, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> but do you like it because it's good or because you watched it when you were young? How do you? You can't separate them. I know. That's a real problem. <laughs> I will say the movie is good. You should watch the movie at least. It has some of the actors from the thing. And uh, I think Christopher, uh, what's his name? Is it Christopher Plummer? He's like the bad oh, evangelical yeah. guy, and he runs like a pagan organization that's like dealing drugs and stuff. It's really crazy. In the movie or in real life? In the movie. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about real life. It could be a possibility. I don't know. Yeah, just say like, mm. don't know his life. You don't yeah. know him. <laughs> but yeah, so apparently the dad in this show is really pissed off because they put the toilet paper on wrong under Hank. That's, that's right. Fair. That's it's, fair. Yeah, it's no, always totally over. Fair. I know over people God. who do that, and. We never see eye to eye in that regard. Never. Oh, I always, if I find that at somebody's house, I will fix it. (laughs) I know not to, but I'm like, I judge them. Yeah. And he's obsessed over somebody leaving the utility room light on and he wants to know who it is. So that's what dad nets about. He's going to track down the case. And so the, the, the son is looking for something. I don't know, some like a ball or I don't know what he's looking for. And the mom glove, I think. Yeah, yeah. Baseball and he was like, "Have you seen my glove?" And then, and the mom's gonna tell him where it is, and he's like, "Nope, nope, it's a cliche." <laughs> and he was like, "Well, if you didn't have your, you'd lose your head if it weren't screwed on." That kind of thing. He's like, "That's my girl." Like, <laughs> I was like, "Of course, you'd have to use that." So he goes into the utility closet to get it, and he doesn't turn the light off when he leaves. And the dad's like, "Aha, I caught you!" And he was like, "What caught me? What?" He goes, "I'm talking about kilowatts, son." <laughs> And he goes, there are starving people in China. And he was like, so what does that have to do with me? And he says, well, I could afford to send them a sandwich if we save money on all this light we're leaving on. <laughs> I don't know why that made, that tickled me so much this time around. I was like, oh, that makes sense. It's a good comeback, actually. Oh, I could send them a sandwich <laughs> if you weren't fucking using all the damn light. It's good to see the humor holds up. It does. It really yeah. does, actually. So, Yeah. We go into TV dad. I'm like, oh no, TV dad, dad con three. Oh no, this dad's freaking out. And they send in, well, Oof. yeah, the guy who's yeah. Yeah, <laughs> talking about. That didn't age well. Yeah, <laughs> this is where the Don Knotts voice comes in. And he was like, what's going on? We have to go dad con three. I can't even do the voice very well. And then they bring in Bill Cosby. <laughs> They don't call him that, but that's who he is. No one's name, but it's obviously a Bill Cosby impression. He keeps going, oh, 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 he's talking about the pudding and doing the face. And he shows up as the, quote, the big guy. We got to send in the big guy. And he's from TV Dad Central. 
Fortunately, he, he only pisses off the dad more, so... Oh, no, he tells that. him, he goes, the thing about the thing is what you don't understand about the thing. And, and he was like, that doesn't make any sense. And he was like, I know, it doesn't matter. Just do the laugh. <laughs> like, what the hell? It's so uncomfortable now when you're watching it because you're like, wow, Bill Cosby. <laughs> Can we laugh at this? Can we laugh at this now or not? I mean, I guess at the time. But. I mean, to be fair, it's not a great impression, so it's barely Bill Cosby. Well, I mean, that's what, like, that's the best, like, they got him doing that, and he's trying his best to do this voice, and he does the and he does okay, but it's not the right. best version of it. I mean, no. if Keenan Thompson had been older at this time, he would have been better, because he's done it before. He used to do the Bill Cosby impression on all that, actually. Yeah. Which is funny. I, I think about it. So he's like, he goes, do the, do the laugh and then give the child a delicious pudding pop and make the face. (laughs) He does his head. He's always like moving his head around in the circle. Like, man, wow. Wow. And that's when they called dad con four because Bill's too cute. No, no. I would like a pudding pop though. Like I miss pudding pops. doesn't want a pudding pop. Do you remember those? No. So if I understand that correctly, they're just frozen pudding? Yeah. Okay. I guess I don't understand. Like It was just kind of, it was like a it was a popsicle, but it was pudding. And it was good. I got that. And I'm like, why not just have like an ice cream pop? Or like what's there an ice cream pop and a pudding pop? There was they had a vanilla one, they had a, they now, had the vanilla swirl one. But I'm talking about the difference between the ice cream one, which can also be chocolate or vanilla, or a pudding one. That's more like frozen yogurt, though. Interesting. So if I took, like, a package of pudding and put it in a freezer, would I end up with a pudding pop, is my question. Maybe? Maybe. I don't know how they (laughs) do it. This is what I'm trying to get at. This is what I'm trying to figure out. Like, what is a pudding pop? It's just like, hey, guys, we can just, you know, make a chocolate ice cream mix or whatever, or whatever, a custard, and we'll call it a pudding pop, and... People think it's the same thing as the gel they get in the store, or is it literally just let's take the jello and throw it in the freezer and call it a day? <laughs> it's possible that happened by accident, know. and they're like, "Oh, this is good." It's possible somebody accidentally we'll froze some pudding, and pops. you know, I think we need to do an investigation where we grab some popsicle sticks and some packets of pudding, we jam the sticks through the pudding lids, and we put them in the freezer, and we see what happens. Or you could do those popsicle maker things and just pour some pudding in there. That's too much work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd rather just jam a stick in and go yeah. for it. Jamming things in. That's my solution to everything. Ooh, that sounds like a tough place to be. Okay. <laughs> so next we go to a, a faux commercial, which is part of it, for The Sympathizer by Has Been Bro. <laughs> I love their little fake names for their companies and celebrities. It's great. Like there was an episode where they had Paula Abdul-Jabbar and... It just made me laugh because she was like on somebody's shoulders and they had a big old jersey on her and she's Paula Abdul, but she's like a tall basketball player. <laughs> it was, I don't know. I'm Paula Abdul pretty good at basketball. She could probably front on me pretty easily. I'm terrible at basketball. <laughs> rush, rush. No. Um, so, yeah. And we see, you know, you have a has-been bro sympathizer where you get, you know, you hit a button and it's like you just get – you know, showered with compliments or you can also get a fake, fake broken arms or protruding femur. Cause if you can't get what you, what, what them to say, you can at least settle on their pity. I'm like, can okay, we take cause... a a moment here to appreciate the horror dystopian nightmare of this universe where <laughs> children are so hard up for the love and affirmation of their parents that products like this are viable. 
that like here's a product that will just say platitudes to you and there's like yes this universe needs this product because children are sad <laughs> your parents don't pay them <laughs> enough attention <laughs> like i know it's a joke i know i it's a joke. I get it. But like, I just want to take it seriously for some moment here to appreciate that this universe they've constructed is a horror show. It is. It's actually, yeah. But you know what, though? Kids are this dramatic. And that's why, you know, it's obvious yeah. to them it's that bad. But also, like, they're like android people walking among us. And like, you can just get your family one in a sweepstake. Like, what is this universe? It sounds like oh, some, we're getting like, there. running man dystopia. <laughs> So so yeah, we get um we get a dance break. One of our first like nineteen nineties, very, you know, big you know, they, they moved big in the nineties. Big dance breaks and big arm movements. Is this and, the one with they did like the the whatever on the floor? They spun around in circles and oh, hopping over each other and stuff. I think that's the second one coming up. Okay. That, <laughs> yeah. And we go to but one of the guys, the guy in the green shirt's like, Hi, I'm Doug Sue Ellen. For sibling court and i'm like doug sue ellen and the first thing i went to was my bed my don't tell mom the babysitter is dead because her name was sue ellen mm-hmm. and i was like why did he call himself doug sue ellen <laughs> that was a weird name i don't know why they thought that up but so they go to siblings court and you have jeff smith versus timmy smith jeff smith claims his brother looked at him funny and he's he's suing for uh what was it emotional damages and he also wants him to die the death penalty, Timmy Smith, yeah. the, the younger brother, says he's rubber and and Jeff is glue and whatever he says will bounce off of Jeff. And <laughs> it's like, what? What? And he goes, I'm also suing for emotional damages and he wants his brother dead. So Again, that horrifying universe. It is. It's okay, horrible. I need, I need to tell you guys something. My family had sibling court. <laughs> <gasps> yeah, of course really? they did, Danielle. You're, <laughs> you would be right at home in dystopian universe, I feel. Your family sounds like a sitcom that I want to watch. <laughs> you know, it wasn't. It wasn't like we were suing for emotional distress and death. I was just saying that when things went wrong, occasionally we would have sit down chats where each person got to tell their side of the story, and then the parents would arbitrate and decide what the decision was. Who was in the right? Who was in the wrong? Who was getting punished? Yeah. Oh, and it was sibling court. We called it court. How many times and did you lose? Real, real <laughs> Probably never. I was probably always in the right. Oh, really? Yes. What else? Being the <laughs> older, Danielle. being the older sibling, you were always in the right. Yeah. And better at being sneaky. Yes, hundred percent. Okay. But I had actually forgotten that until I watched this episode and was like, oh, "We did that." <laughs> Dustin, what have you done to me? Oh, I, I, I buried that deep for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they call this episode "Quibbling Siblings." And apparently the dad is the judge and he <laughs> says something like, I put fee hat. The hell did I write that? Fez hat. He had a fez hat. I wrote it wrong. I was like, oh, fee hat. <laughs> he did not have a fee hat. He, he had, had a, a fez. fez hat on as the judge and he holds them in contempt of the living room. And the little brother's like crying. He goes, what's wrong? He goes, Jeff hit me. And he goes, what death did you hit him? And as soon as the dad's turned, the brother's like, <laughs> sticking his tongue out. Dad turns back. He was like, oh, Jeff, you're found guilty. And you are sentenced to wash my Bonneville. Which I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad, you know. I hit him three Washing days ago, card. dad. I'm like, oh, you just admitted to it. Oh, you should have said that. Feels bad for him. Do you remember that skit at all? Are you forgetting yeah, it? Yeah, no. It just like 
It, that's pretty much it. It's a, that was a, it. A, it's yeah. really quick. Like the, the yeah. skips are like really quick, so it's hard to get to. But they say next week is the case of the sisters' blisters, which sounds like it would be your case, <laughs> Danielle. Well, it, if I remember correctly, that was about them like one sister burning the other's clothes, and if that is causing blisters, one of them has a condition that they are sp- like just so like leprosy or something that's being Uber spread sensitive skin. Mm-mm-mm. I did wonder how it was related. Did the start of that little skit start with something about name calling and then end up with being hit something like that i felt like it i felt like it switched topics midway it really did it just it just hops around but you know what though that kind of happens among siblings like oh well this okay well this you know they just kind of come up with anything they can to get the other one in trouble kind of thing that's maybe what that was but uh next we go to a skit where mom is cutting costs like moms do by sewing everything herself and Cutting hair, which she keeps screwing up, apparently. You know, and uh, But now she's going to do a home dentistry kit. <laughs> Continuing the dystopian theme, the home de- uh, dentistry kit provides anesthetic in the form of a giant mallet. Yes. He was like, I need anesthesia. I'm like, do, do kids know what anesthesia is? Like, I didn't know what that was at that time. And he's like, okay. They bring- which was weirder. I know. And the fact that she brings out this huge, like, cartoonish mallet. <laughs> and he's like, no, I don't want anesthesia. I'm like, I think you do. Just let her knock your ass out. She's going to take her teeth. I mean, might as well, right? Anesthesia or Anastasia? Which one would you rather have? I don't know. Hmm. Is Anastasia the movie? Yeah, I mean, with your favorite boy in it. I do like the boy in Anastasia. You mean John yeah, Cusack? Yeah, but, you know, the actual character, not John Cusack himself. <laughs> lovely. <laughs> Dimitri. Dimi- Everyone loves Dimitri. He's a hunk. He's a hunk oh. and a half. Oh, Anastasia. I need to rewatch that sometime. It's a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think Christopher also, Lloyd was like, this... it was, uh, yes. Was, uh, what's his name? Um, Rasputin. Oh, Rasputin. Yeah, he was Rasputin, Christopher Lloyd, wasn't he? Wasn't he sure. Rasputin? I don't remember. I, feel like he I don't was. think he was. Bartok was the other guy. Yeah, that's what I remember Bartok. Now I got to look it up. Now that now we're on. Okay, let's just change tax here to Anastasia talk, and we'll have, we'll go through the whole thing because well, Pluth. now that it's in my head, I've got to find. out. I love Don Bluth. Underrated. <laughs> we know my feelings about Don Bluth, with the exception of the Thumbelina you shared with me, which was a horror show. Danielle, thank you very much. Yes, it, it was. was great. But yes, Christopher it? Lloyd was Rasputin, and Bartok okay. was Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria. That's what I was trying to get. Yes, he always does all those you know goofy voices. He often does. Anyway, he was kind of like the he's kind of like the Andy Circus of like animation. He kept you know jumping different voices, different characters. That's how I think of him. So anyway, that what you want to talk about, Danielle? Is that what you wanted to take a moment to talk about earlier? You were saying no. I wanted to take a moment to talk about how like how. Roundhouse is like vaguely sexist with its gender roles. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, totally. Oh, yeah. Well, it was the 90s. I mean, what do you expect? <laughs> Not really the, like film. The question I have, and I will pose you, do you think it was just being sexist or do you think it was being satirical? It's probably a mix of both, really. I think. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was aware enough. That's that's trying to get at because like they do the thing where the mom has all the cliches and make a big joke about how she's a cliche machine, which is satirizing how all your TV mothers are just these two dimensional characters full of cliches. But then the dad is also two dimensional as well because there's a lot of like the pull my finger jokes, which is very cliche. But get the hard ass dad, right? But it doesn't do anything to subvert those. 
Exactly. Right. So but like it, it establishes the, the, the issue, but it doesn't like seem to offer any commentary on it. So I can mm. see Which is why I didn't think they were hundred percent aware of yes, the fact that they exactly. were gendering it so strongly, but again, ninety-two. So. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you can only ask so much, right? It's over twenty-one years ago. My gosh. Also, it's probably the most, you know, you know, they probably had the most like I don't say censorship, but like it's for children. We have to make it the most anodyne, you know, bland, you know, least offensive thing we can to make it pass for, you know, a children's, an edgy children's show. And plus all kids can relate to those tropes, sadly. I mean, for the most part, you know what I mean? If you have a family like that, like the quote nuclear family, you know, like. Or at least they're aware of them from their own media consumption. That's true too. Or their friends or their friends' families, you know, or, you know, something like that. So, yeah. So apparently the kid... Um, he goes and hides out from the dad in the utility closet and the dad finds him. And now they do this weird superhero sketch called grounded boy. I don't know what that was about. Cause they don't really do anything with it. They just go, Hey, it's grounded boy. And that's it. I think they're just trying to transition to him being grounded. Yeah. So mom says that his room needs to be cleaned and then calls him a wretched little environmental threat. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of things I think we got to point out here. Uh, in case it wasn't clear, people who have not seen the show, it is essentially one large stage that is circular, hence the in the name. round, yes, right. And so it's there is house. no transitions in scene. Everything happens sort of in media res, like all it's all happening at the, all the same time. So when we say like they did this thing to transition, that's when they like move the sets around on the stage. It will like mm-hmm. bring in actors will come in and off. So just to make that clear, that that's what we mean by that. Which is, I and think, they a use, pretty like, cool thing. They use like junk and scrap pieces to like make things. Yeah, like. mm-hmm. and I I like that. I kind of like the fact that it looks like it could be a single continuous shot if mm-hmm. you, if it didn't have like multi camera setup that was cutting between a bunch of like camera people. You would sometimes see the camera people in the shot in the background following around an actor with their giant cameras before the steady cam was a thing. So like it, like it could have been like a live show if they wanted it to be at some point. Yeah, I think it was live. I think they did film it live. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, talking about live broadcast, right? Me. Yeah. So I thought yeah. that was I, I thought that was interesting. Like, it was uh, interesting, like for children to do something that kind of complex in production. It was interesting. Yeah, I thought it was really cool too, and that's what that's what kind of made this unique, which is what I liked about it. It was kind of it was very much a live show, like you would have gone to see. And I love how they had a studio audience, an actual studio audience, and it wasn't just a laugh track like they do with their sitcoms on sure. Nickelodeon shows. But even like compared to like Saturday Night Live, which they have like cuts and they'll have like pauses between sketches to go mm-hmm. and do like this show never stops. Mm-mm. It's very high energy. Yeah, that's so. what, what, they have to be it on is. it. Like they're all like, "All right, you're done." Boom, none of the next. Thing, that's what know. I meant by like frenetic at the beginning. There is no moment to catch your breath, especially if you watch without commercials. And it's just like, "Oh my gosh!" It's just going. And then on and the YouTube, the it wasn't singers will go straight into the next scene. Yeah, like they are the actors. Little dance number, yeah. and then they're like there. Yeah, <laughs> no. and you don't know like when on the YouTube video, you didn't even really see a commercial break happen. It just kind of went. Boom, you know, into the next yeah. thing, you know, which was weird. I don't know why they took that out, but whatever. It wasn't like it was needed, but so, um, yeah, the mom wants him to clean his bedroom and they, they did this whole advertisement for the, the stashmatic adjustable bed that'll lift up like four feet and you can throw all your crap underneath it. I was a guilty was one great. of throwing stuff under the bed, under, into the closet just to make it look clean. Of course, it never worked because I would get told to really put stuff up because they would look there. <laughs> I don't know if any My of you bed guys was in that. the air. We couldn't do that. Ooh, fancy cloud bed, Danielle. 
<laughs> cloud bed. Up amongst the stars, sleeping. In the like open the, ca- sky. the captain's bed with stuff underneath it, like like our dressers and chairs and stuff. Oh, I like my okay. idea better. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I had that in like in college. I had a quote loft bed, and I put my dresser underneath exactly. it. You know, and that it wasn't built into there, but the dresser fit, so it was perfect for it. So I really like that. So you get a. a they said something about like you get the adjustable bed and you get a free gift. And the guy's like, I got a TV. I got a microwave. And the and blonde haired bowl hit cut guy. It was like, I got an eight track player. <laughs> I don't know why that was, but it made me laugh. I don't, it was so random. So <laughs> then the sister in the nineties. Yeah. They, I don't, I don't think kids even knew what that was in the nineties either. Like I knew because <laughs> one of my friends, they pushed him off the screen. They were like, shut up. Like, get off here. No, <laughs> no, you're talking about kid. So the sister goes and visits him in his grounded jail in his room and brings him his her portable TV. The sister's being nice. And for some reason we see, I'm guessing it's supposed to be Dan, Dan Quayle. I think that's the joke we're supposed to be making. And it's supposed to be a message from the vice president and his back is turned. He's an idiot saying stupid stuff and talking about how um, there's a moral decline in Saturday morning TV. And he's talking about why, why Donald Duck doesn't wear pants and what's going on with, I can't remember what he said, like, um, Scooby-Doo. The goofy Pluto thing is a legitimate complaint. It is. It is. <laughs> Can we be honest about the fact that Goofy is a dog who walks upright? So the only conclusion I think that can be drawn about Pluto is he does it because he likes it that way. He likes to be on the leash and on the all fours and treated like a like a pet. Well, you could look at it that way, or you can look at it in the way of like um uh, the magicians or Narnia or the Wizard of Oz, because some things were especially like in Wicked. You had animals, and then you had animals with a capital A. And the capital A ones could talk and interact like the Cowardly Lion and stuff like that. Sure. And then you had regular animals, so like a regular lion would be there. So I have a counterpoint to that, and it takes me to the Scooby-Doo universe. And Danielle has heard this rant before. <laughs> so many times. So many times. <laughs> but I don't care. I'm going to share it again, because I can't. I have a new platform to share my feelings on the Scooby-Doo universe, and I'm going to do it. <laughs> Go. I don't know if you've seen the like mid to uh, the mid two thousands or like twenty tens series Scooby Doo Mysteries in- Mystery Incorporated. But I think I've seen an episode or two, but I don't remember it very well. I cannot recommend it highly enough. It is absolutely insane. The first season starts out like, oh, this is normal Scooby Doo, and then it goes off the rails, completely bonkers. There's too much to get into. I'm sorry, this is nothing to do with the Roundhouse, but we're on this path, and I cannot stop. <laughs> you can cut it off if you want to. I don't care. It's I just gotta get off my chest. <laughs> Go for it. There's a point in this. I think the second season where Scooby Doo gets a girlfriend who is basically like Lady from Lady and the Tramp, like a okay. cocker spaniel dog. She's just a regular dog. He is a talking dog who like has full complex inner life, interacts with all the other people, and has a whole identity. And she's. A regular dog who's not even clear if she likes him, but maybe she does. I don't know. She's a dog. She never says anything. She's just a dog. Let me just stop you right there. Why is it the Dew family apparently has all the talking animals? (laughs) This this is what I'm getting at. Because, again, he's not the only one. There's an owl that talks. There's, like, a whole mythos about, like, humans and their talking animal friends in this, like, universe. But, like, some animals talk and are sentient, as we would characterize as, like, human-level sentience. 
Mm-hmm. And some animals are just animals. And Scooby-Doo is dating just a regular animal. And it feels weird. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> Scooby-Doo, the sentient dog, is dating a regular dog. And I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> but is he bilingual? He never, he never barks at her. He just, like, talks to her. And she just, like, <laughs> looks at him blankly. I, again... She also ends up in the hospital, like after being knocked unconscious. A human hospital, to be clear, a regular human <laughs> hospital in a hospital bed that is then wheeled by the bad guys into a cave. So now she's been kidnapped in a hospital bed, like wheeled out, like on the gurney into a cave, and is just sitting there, like with an IV drip. It's an insane show, uh, <laughs> but I still don't know how to take the fact that he's like, because they're both dogs, but like he's a different. It feels like there's a there's like a, a, an imbalance here somewhere in the relationship of Scooby Doo the sentient dog and the non sentient in the human sense cocker spaniel that he's dating. Hmm. I'm kind of I think like it makes me want to think about like um, what if a human spoke animal? But would you still date them? If what if you could understand them? I mean, again, the, the re- this is all boy. This is a really real rabbit hole here because we don't know the like extent of differences between the talking animals and the non-talking animals. Like, are they different species? Are they like just randomly some dogs come out talking? Like, I don't know how this works. Is it genetic? It's bonkers. No, I don't know. I don't know yeah. if it's the same thing as like eye color or like. Or if you think about it, like a lot of death families, they usually, it tends to be genetic, you know, most, sure. you know, if, you know, um, if at least one person is deaf in the relationship, they might have. Yeah. A deaf but a child. deaf person is not, you know, mentally fundamentally different than a non-deaf person. But I mean, are, are we saying that Scooby-Doo is really that smart? <laughs> is he, he smarter than talk. a regular dog? He can he talk. Can, that doesn't mean you're smart. There's a lot of stupid people who can talk. But he can process. Yes. He can process like other people's conversations and emotions. He has and, a human level of like, sentience. He may not be like, you know, like he's at least as smart as Shaggy, who is a human being. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can say that for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he does, get, he does put on disguises sometimes. And I don't know how people don't recognize him as a dog in disguise. <laughs> he has a complex a inner life. He feels emotions like fear and anger and love, clearly. He, like, he is, for all intents and purposes, a person in a dog form. The only thing I can think of is that he can still think on dog level and communicate in dog ways. Yeah. Like and, through but, sense of smell and, sure. you know. But again, if, if he can talk dog, whatever that means, you know, because again, dogs do communicate. With you. They're not like speaking You're thinking of the morality dogs. complications of I'm it I'm talking about like, is it, is this like, can a dog consent? We, we've established that dogs cannot consent to human relationships for very good reasons. I'm not going to argue that point. So Ooh, can, but can, can Scooby-Doo consent to a human relations? Ooh. I would say Scooby-Doo could because he is of human level of intelligence. <laughs> but can he coerce a dog into like, this is, again, real weird. I don't know how to feel about this. But technically they're the same species, so it's not. Are it's, they There's though? a moral gray area. Like, like, I feel like it's like between us and like a bonobo. Like, <laughs> there's, we're similar, but like there's a there's a gulf of consciousness here. But you're not going to date the bonobo, <laughs> right? Like I don't think a bonobo, a bonobo has the ability to consent to a relationship as I would understand it. That'd be kind of like though. What if you were to date a centaur? Centaurs can think like human beings. It's totally fine. But I mean, <laughs> they have horse parts. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about the parts. We're talking about like the brain here. Like whatever you can jam and wherever you can jam, that's up to you and your partner to figure out. I'm not here to judge. But like, 
the purpose, the whole point of this is not like, what can you physically mush together? The purpose is like, what can you justify on an ethical level as like a relationship that isn't like, because can a, a dog that has owners and that like is not a free being can be bought and sold and can be euthanized or whatever. Like this is not a fully realized mm. independent entity and it is dating Scooby-Doo. Or maybe it you is know, like this kind of falls in the line of like my my Doctor Who thing. Sure. I don't know if you watch Doctor Who and there's an episode in New New York and they get stuck in the subway or the underground highway and there's like a, a man and a wife and the man is actually a cat man. He's a cat sure. and the wife is a human wife and they had babies and they are regular regular everyday kittens. Well, okay. And I'm over here going, and the thing that bothers me, it was like, well, he's humanoid. He can talk. He can drive a car. That's fine. But does he have the grappling hook penis like a cat does? I mean, again, I don't know what she's into. I'm not going to judge. Exactly. It's like, is that is that right, though? Because they're not made for each other, but apparently they can make kittens. Look. (laughs) I'm not judging what I'm not going to yuck someone's yum, as they say, but I am going to like, it's all about the moral implications of can he, can the dog consent to be in a relationship with someone like Scooby-Doo? I don't know. Cause I we can know. breed so what dogs. What you're saying, Sam, <laughs> yes. what you're saying is that roundhouse is still relevant to today's. No, uh, nothing to <laughs> Sorry. We're going to back around. Thank you, Daniel. So- <laughs> Is we're still discussing the exact same thing. Here we are. We are. <laughs> These relationships. Yeah, I guess you could say that the the relationships in Roundhouse are like the relationships in Scooby Doo, and that I don't understand them. <laughs> I don't understand them. Either. <laughs> but we still have Dan Quell trying to tell people that uh, apparently some song called Johnny the Frog is a happy frog, blah 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 blah, and they are singing it. Play it backwards, and they're going yep 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 yep, yep. and he's over here. Sugar's too sweet. You keep eating the kids. And you're like, hey, that's you. That's you saying this. No, it's not. You know, <laughs> it's really stupid. And then we go into another skit where it's the same guy who did the nod knots impression, who's the one I used to have a crush on. He kind of reminded me of like a, a young Jim Carrey in a way because of his goofy face, you know, and he called himself Ed McMayonnaise. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love that publisher's crewing house crap. He's like, you could win a new family, <laughs> a normal family. <laughs> and they're like, oh, wow, we could. And then they go visit grandma who apparently so wants to serve only- them toe cheese pudding. So the question I have is why did only the brother and the, the younger brother and the sister win the new family? What happened to the older brother? I guess they're the ones who entered. He because disappears. They, yeah, he disappears yeah, until gone. the end. But they're the ones watching the TV where they see the ad. So they're the ones who are probably going to enter it. Sure. but That's why. Okay, fine. I mean, I really okay, the older brother is clearly beloved by his parents. So I think he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> he totally thinks he's fine. I just want to understand the like logistics of the this dynamics. competition. <laughs> Like, how did this work? Did, was it a drawing? Was it a, was it a, a lottery? Was it like call the number first? Like, how did that all work? We never see them enter either. But anyway, I don't know. So yeah, they go to grandma's. She serves them toe cheese pudding, and then there's that whole give grandma a kiss, and you get like the kiss cam of grandma going to give them the kiss, and it's like right up in the face of the screen. You're like, oh, you know that, you know that face. You know any any relative who wanted to kiss you, you're like, oh, why? Why do they always do that? like really purse the lips and come at you with it. Why do they do this? I hate it. Aww. I hate that feeling. I think everybody hates it. And that's the reason why they made this part. Um, <laughs> give grandma a kiss. And I'm like, no. And she's like, her breath is like <laughs> that of a cat box or some crap. Like, oh, her breath smells like a cat box. It's horrible. And the, the, the sister hates going to the store with the grandma because, oh my God, my friends, my friends. And she ducks down. She's like, oh, I, know. I liked that scene. That was a good one. And 
it's talking about how oh she can't eat too much ice cream or something like that because she gets diarrhea or something I'm like oh man and she yelled at yeah no, yes. she really <laughs> emphasized the word diarrhea in a way that i found delightful <laughs> diarrhea no when you're a kid that's a really funny word so i was like all about that <laughs> Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. That's why that song is so catchy. The word diarrhea. It really is. And they have a dance too. It's like a whole, you know, Macarena type thing for Pepto-Bismol. Can't Perfect. say I remember that, but thank you. <laughs> it's nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, and you grab your ass, diarrhea. Oh, it's like <laughs> your head, shoulder, knees, and toes. Head, yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. It's like the Macarena kind of. Um, which is also, you know. So Ed McMahonays calls, and they want a normal family. Ha, ha, ha. And we get another dance break um, with, like. Is this the one where they do, like, the totem pole? Where yeah. Where like, three guys are on each other's shoulders, and they're doing, like, the weird dance. And they do the hops over each other. and Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very much a very 90s. It's very 90s. The dancing is legitimately impressive. These people but are very good. good. Yeah, yeah. And they're really into it, and it looks effortless, and. They're wearing the big outfits. I'm like, man, how are they moving like huge clothes, oversized Baggy clothes? Baggy clothes, yeah. Exactly. Love it. So we get to Danielle, the normal you're a family. Dancer, right? How does this work? I am not a dancer. <laughs> it's called Yes and I mean, Danielle. <laughs> yes, and I'm not a dancer. <laughs> Great. Thank you. <laughs> I like dancing. I am not a dancer. I am I'm not a professional. Thank you very much. Yes. The difference. So normal family is you. nice, but <laughs> they're. <laughs> <laughs> the the normal family ends up being nice but they're kind of boring everything's just a little too perfect um the brother and sister are great they're like oh my gosh you want to borrow this yeah sure and they're just like oh my god this is like the ideal situation and they go back and they go like, you remember when career day with dad and they flash back to career day and i like their flashback with the hands oh yeah, yeah. And he was like oh wait, wait wait a minute and he goes there's something wrong with the flashback and he hits the guy in the back of the head <laughs> I was like, Damn. Solid gag. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot what the dad was talking about. Was he talking about inventions? Yes, he was I talking about, about, like, something about dentures or something. Yeah, so the the, the used denture market used isn't inventions? like picking up right now, but he's working on a, a new invention uh, that's going to be like some kind of air freshener. Here, pull my finger. <laughs> exactly. That's what it was. That's what it was. Thank you for that. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I, the pull my finger jokes, I swear. <laughs> but now we see that their their new normal dad is Bill Cosby, and and the mom. Well, it's the like, same actor. I don't think he's actually Bill Cosby in that. Bill Cosby, like that's what I mean. Like that's the character. Really, I don't think was he doing a Bill Cosby impression during that. I don't think he was. Yeah. Well, he did that. Wah, at one point, I thought. Okay. Maybe I'll go back. And watch I didn't it again. really. Uh, maybe I didn't I, notice that. But maybe I filtered that out. <laughs> or maybe he offered them pudding pops. I can't remember what it was, but. The mom is like, here, take my credit card. And I was like, oh, yeah, it is the perfect normal family. Normal. That's not normal. I'm sorry. They should have been perfect family, not normal family. <laughs> the, the most idealized, like, uh, Americana family unit that has never actually been realized in any actual sense. <laughs> it's the ideal family unit, I guess you could say. And I should say, not ideal. The I'm trying to make the word here. Like, the fictional ideal or like like family the, the unit that was pushed in the you know 40s and 50s that was often a very sort of culturally in you know uh, uh, ethnocentric version of a family that like didn't talk about multi-generational homes or things like that so yeah. it was very much that like that 
propaganda family, maybe is a better way to say. It. I don't know what the right. word is. Well, I guess it's just the, the child's dream family. It's the ones that you would want, the stuff that they would do everything for you, you know, right. everything you wanted. But uh, then we find out that they're they're robots and they start breaking down because, well. <laughs> Which is a wild twist. It was, it was so good. <laughs> the androids, so you know, nobody's perfect. But first off, first off, it starts to rain and they glitch out. And the kids are like, no, it must be androids. Like, what is this dystopian universe? We're like, this is such a normal occurrence that the kids are like, oh, yeah, androids. Those are something we run to every day. People just walk around that happen to blend in with us. We can't tell them apart until it rains. Like, also, for making sophisticated androids, why aren't they waterproof? This is like 101 stuff. Like, is there going to be, this is like the alien from Signs, the dumbest thing. It's version 1.0, apparently. They just didn't get there yet, and they had to get it out there. Oh, but also, I think the, the kid's nonplussed reaction uh, speaks volumes to this universe. So desensitized. How, what a horror yeah. show it is of, like, I guess we'll never know if this person I'm dating is a real person or an android who is trying to sell me Coke or, like, whatever. So I make Coca-Cola, Coke. not Coca-Cola. <laughs> because, like, okay. because, again, if... If you could make perfect Android, you knew, you know that companies would like make advertising bots or like go to school with you and be like, hey, kids, we should check out this totally cool Mountain Dew or something like, you know, you know, that would happen. And I'm picturing like the Duracell family, you know what I mean? With like the plastic hair and yeah, yeah. you remember those people? That was Advertisers would be on this, like they would be so on that. You, you never know if the person you were talking to was just like some shill that had been put out there as like a plant from the advertisers. Yeah. Man. Otherwise, you'd be like, "You're so shiny. Are you sure you're real?" <laughs> you're so I don't something about you. Like I'm not anti-android. I just think we have to be responsible. <laughs> so yeah, the androids go kaput, and we get to go back to the old family where the brother gives the younger brother a shirt, and he's like, "Here, you can have my old shirt." And he was like, "The puppies were born in this." <laughs> that was part oh. of the flashback, I think. Was oh, was it part of the flashback? Of the flashback? Yeah. yeah, yeah. When they were earlier, they're talking about like how the sister, like, "Oh, do you want to burn my makeup?" Oh, yeah, that's right. Scene that's right. About like how we go into Sally Blubbers, and she was yes. like, "Yes, yes, please." Whole... We had to fight hand-me-down syndrome, and yes. I was like, "Oh my gosh, are they make fun of Down syndrome." <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I was like, and by the way, yeah. it's Down's syndrome. Everybody gets it wrong. It's Down's syndrome, not Down syndrome. Just FYI. Yeah. Um, people get it wrong. I don't know. It bothers me so much. But yeah, so they do this whole like Sally blubbers and she's got like the, the waterworks squirting out of her wig to make it look like she's crying. <laughs> that was a good prop. It was a good prop. It was a cute little, yeah, it was a cute little, yeah, please just whisper so much you could help us, you know. So, yeah, you see the old family and the dad is like burning the burgers. The mom is pulling the dog's teeth. And that's when the normal family breaks down because normal people aren't perfect. People aren't perfect. That's why they're apparently they're not waterproof. They're not waterproof either. Yes. And we get uh, another song break and it's called Back Where We Belong. I don't even know how it goes now. <laughs> it was some random. Yeah, the best part of that scene was that they break down and they're doing robot movements and then the robot movements turn into do the, the dance. dance yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a perfect transition. <laughs> it's so good. Back where Again, we belong. This show <laughs> has some issues, especially, you know, looking at it, you know, 20, 30 years on in the context of the 90s. But like, they were solid with their transitions, their dance. Like the fact that it could, like I said earlier, they could keep the pace going without having any camera trickery or like hard cuts. It's you have to really imagine what stuff. the rehearsal was like. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I would have liked to have seen some of that, like some behind the scenes footage. But 
And, you know, I'm sure people will correct me and say they did obviously cut things and, and you know, maybe did reshoots or whatever. I don't know. But, like, I couldn't tell, which was, uh, I think, is, is the important thing. Yeah, that's the whole point. No, nobody wants to be able to tell. So they go back to where they belong, and the, and the brother or the, the one who was grounded goes to the dad, who we only see behind a screen because the dad's on the toilet, apparently, at this moment. <laughs> and he's handing him the TP, and... um. It's so gross. I hate I hate the whole I hate anybody talking to anybody who's sitting on a toilet. I hate it. <laughs> it bothers me so much. I'm like, that is a private time. Like, I don't want to see you sitting there. Some people think it's a time for sharing when you're most open and vulnerable. <laughs> well, my mom would sit there on the toilet with the bathroom door open. I would walk into her bedroom with the bedroom door open. Because I was thinking, oh, she's obviously the bedroom door's open, you know, doors open. You can just go in, you know, Hey, and I walk in and she's sitting there on the toilet. I'm like, Oh, Oh God. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well now the first um, time that happens that I understand, but if it keeps happening at one point, you have to wonder, is a problem me. Uh, Are you blaming Dustin for walking in on his mom? I'm just saying, if you know that's a possibility, you might be more <laughs> no, cautious. No, it wasn't. I, it's not, usually a door would be closed. I learned. I was taught that to close the door and use the bathroom. And she's not doing it. And it bothered me so much. <laughs> it's hypocritical. When I okay? lived with my mom, we didn't always shut the door. Yeah. We would if we were going not pee. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was definitely. Are there many other to... options besides, like, I can only think of one, maybe two other options, Danielle. My dad didn't. My dad didn't polite. care either way. He went, like, and we're not going to get into that, but <laughs> I don't want to talk about too much about my humor about my parents. But Obviously, you don't want to close the door if you go to number two because that traps everything inside. You want to air that out. I mean, you got to open the bathroom window. I'll That's try that at work next time. Please or do. Let me know how that goes. Oh, God. But yeah, so the kid says, am I still grounded? And the dad's like, let me think about that. You've been through a hard time. Yeah, you're still grounded. Wah, wah. He goes, fine, I'll go back to my room. And that's, he goes, wait, before you do, tell them to reprise the theme song and roll the credits. Yay. And then they start singing acapella. When oh. my life gets me so down. You know, I believe you're being reprise the theme song is what he says. He says, reprise or reprise. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just making fun of the way. That's <laughs> making fun of the way they said it in the show. It is. You can say it either way. It's one of those. It's either a reprise or reprise. It's weird. And that's weird when I hear reprise. Yeah. It's a reprisal. Is it a reprisal or is it a reprisal? What is it? Tell us, guys. Come on. This is the point. English sucks. Let's just put it out there. Can we just, yeah. Can we just all agree on the saying and the spelling of things? Can we just do that, no. please? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Don't even yeah. the British. They sing their, their acapella version of the theme song round down at the roundhouse. And yeah. And that's the end of the episode. They got that bass line going. It's great. It was really good. And they're like, down, 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 down in the background. You're like, yeah, that's right. I'm feeling this. You know, it felt very show choir and glee a little bit. But um, it was fun times. It's good times. Danielle, was that your first roundhouse episode? No, I watched Roundhouse as a kid. Oh, I thought you said you didn't. So I've watched, no, I've watched many. It's been a long time since I've seen Roundhouse. I've seen all that much more frequently than I've seen Roundhouse, but. I have seen Roundhouse. I have an old. I've probably seen that episode more than I've seen other episodes. Yeah. It was one of the first ones. Probably because it was one of the first ones. But I have an old um, Snick uh, orange VHS tape that Uh has the original lineup of this. Not this exact lineup, but like the episodes. But the original Snick lineup of Clarissa, Ren and Stimpy, Roundhouse, Are You Afraid of the Dark? And uh, it's really fun. It's fun to go back and watch it. Like, oh, that's nice. You should. uh... I love Clarissa. Preserve that somehow. Oh, it's a historical preserved. artifact. 
it is in a case in a waterproof case and i'm like i don't want anything getting to it a lot of my i have a lot of like old disney vhs's the big cases and uh, yeah i have a lot of that and i gotta do something i don't want to get rid of them because i'm like if i get rid of these I'm, <laughs> i mean this is kind of it's an antique at this point you know anything over 25 years old is like an antique so that's right do a digital transfer and then sell them I have most of them digitally on and on DVD anyway. So yeah, I'm keeping yeah. them for now until I know for sure that they're going to be, you know, appreciating value, but we'll see. So everybody make sure you listen to book retorts where Sam and Danielle tell each other about a source of uh, some kind of media, either a book or a show or a movie. And the other one has not read or watched it and they break it down and, it's it's really interesting how you guys do that. It's it is it's interesting. It's 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 fun to you know. It's kind of you know mainly. It, I I always end up listening to the episodes when I'm like, oh I oh I really want to hear this one, and I'll listen. And it's always a Danielle episode where she's telling the story, and Sam just interjecting the entire time, and I'm like, Sam, I want to hear the story. <laughs> yeah. If you actually want to learn about the piece of me, like if you're actually there, like we're not there to to tell you the story. We're just <laughs> trying to share our experience of the story while the other person tries to grasp what the heck you're talking about. <laughs> Wait, is this what you just said? Yeah. No. So where can they find you on social media? Uh, you can find us on our website, bookretorts.com or Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at bookretorts. Yeah. Twitter slash oh. X. <laughs> yeah, we're, 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 Zitter. Zitter. <laughs> we're getting to that. Or, you know, you can always just find our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever podcasts are played. Wherever they're sold. And if someone's selling our podcast, let us know because we get a cut of that probably. We need that. We don't, we don't authorize that, but we want a cut. But if you're making money off of it, we get more. We get 90%. Because you, you get let us know. Yeah. You can at least get half. I mean, that's only fair. The Rewatch Recap was brought to you by me, Dustin Holden. You can find the show on Instagram at The Rewatch Recap, or you can find me on TikTok at Dustin underscore Holden. Find me there for my weird-ass sense of humor, amongst other silly things related to my other show, Dustin Can Read and Watch. Speaking of which, my email is the same as the other show. You can reach me at DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for coming on and chatting with me about this. And I'm glad we did a little flashback and a little walk down memory lane. And I'm glad you were so excited about watching Roundhouse. That, that, made, that made me happy inside. So. Oh, thank you, Dustin. It's always good to have an excuse to revisit these sort of shows. It's always Absolutely. fun. Yeah. So thank you guys again. And everybody, make sure you uh, reach out to Book Retorts, listen to the show, and, you know, comment on this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Yay. Have a good one and enjoy your next snick, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Ready to care. Bye.